Praise the Lord. Well, we are going to get into this. Brother George is going to start some stuff off, and he's going to stand here, and I'm going to go on this other side, so I'll hand him this mic. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you excited about being in the house of the Lord this morning? And I've come to be fed. How about you? We need the word of God in order to make it in this amazing life that we have chosen uh, to live. Thank you by the grace of God. And as pastor said, it is definitely something a little bit different. And I am blessed to have this opportunity to work with my good friend, Brother Piercy, uh, this morning, and so I'm going to let Brother Piercy go ahead and start us off, and uh, we'll go from there. Amen. Everybody say, God bless Brother Piercy. Praise the Lord. We, uh, we were asked to do this. It was kind of, a, kind of a confused look on each of our faces, like, well, how would we do this? How would we... How would we tag team uh, a lesson? So uh, I, I, I talked to George earlier this week. I said, so how are we going to do this? What do you want to do? And he said, well, I had a thought that we could teach on laying aside every weight out of Hebrews 12 and 1. And so uh, reading from that verse, Hebrews 12, 1 reads like this. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Brother Edge, would you pray for us this morning? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I ask you, God, to anoint our lips of clay, anoint our ears to hear the word that you are bringing forth in today's service. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. In this verse, Paul is pointing out two things to us. One is, is that we are in a race. The race is not to the swift, as he has said before. And he tells us we need to have some patience. But he points out a couple of things prior to getting into this race. And one of the things he points out is that we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And that we need to lay aside every weight. So we have two things that Paul's pointing out to us. One, we're compassed about by, by so great a cloud of witnesses and that we have weight that we need to set aside. And so as I was looking at this, I began to think about, well, what does Paul mean by compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses? And to really understand that, you've got to go to the previous chapter, chapter 11. Is chapter 11 is, is the faith chapter, right? Chapter 11 starts off this way and says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith 
We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So that the whole start of chapter 11 is building an idea of what faith is and why you need it. And in chapter 12, he starts off by telling you, you are compassed about with so great a cloud. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever walked in a cloud before, but I, I've been to some pretty tall mountains, and clouds will sometimes sit on some mountains. And so I can say I've walked in a cloud. I've never walked on a cloud, so I'm not saying I've walked on a cloud, so I'm not, I'm not a cloud walker, but I have been in a cloud, right? And so... You know, when you're in the cloud, you can't see anything. Just like fog, we're familiar with fog in, the, in this valley, right? You, you can't see anything, but your feet are on solid ground, right? Your feet are on solid ground, so you know where you are. You know where you stand, right? right? You just don't really know where you're going because you can't see, right? I mean... Uh, uh, we, we have some built-in sense of direction, right? But we mostly need to see the sky, right? The sun, where it is in the sky to try and give us an idea of direction unless we use some kind of, you know, compass or something like that. But if we were in the cloud and our feet are not on the ground, how do we know where we are? Right? Because when I'm on the ground, I know... I know I'm all the way down, right? I know that's up, and I'm on the ground, but if I'm in the cloud, I don't know which way is down. I could be looking this way going, oh, yeah, that's down, and I could actually be going east or west, right? It, it, you don't have any sense of direction. I hope I don't scare anybody this morning, but when you fly, pilots fly through a cloud. <laughs> Guess what happens, right? When a, when a pilot is flying, they can see the horizon, right? If the plane tilts a little bit like this, the horizon tilts, right? If the plane tilts, you know, it, and so they have a reference point. But when they're in the cloud, well, the monks could probably attest to this, they don't know. They don't know. If that plane starts going a little bit tilting left, they have no idea. Visually, they have no idea because they can't see, right? So they have to rely on something. What do they rely on? The instruments. The instruments that are inside the plane. You see, Paul starts off by saying, you are encompassed about by a cloud of witnesses. Now, I, I, I took it this way, and, and this is just my, my opinion and my take on this idea, is that, if we stay within this cloud of witnesses. The faith chapter lays out everything for us. He goes on to say that by faith, by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac, by faith Moses, by faith Joseph, right? He goes on and on and on about all the people before who walked by faith, right? So if we stayed in this cloud of faith, then we can't see 
the world around us. We can't see where we're going, right? But we know where we're grounded in, right? We have all the faith around us, but now we have to rely on God. All right. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. We don't have any way of knowing which direction we're going, so there's only one thing we can do, rely on our instrumentation, and that's the scripture. Yes, yes. The Bible begins to direct us and give us everything we need. Psalms 121, 1 and 2 says, God is my help. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, God is our joy and strength, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Everything you need to get through this world is right here. That's right. You don't need to be able to see the world in order to pass through this world, right? It's when we step outside of that cloud of witnesses and began to try and do things on our own, using our own vision to go where we want to go, right? That we begin to step outside of the instrumentation, right? Because one thing is interesting about piloting is that instrumentation is always there. Whether he's flying in a cloud or not, he's always got the instrumentation, and their instrumentation is always going to tell him exactly what he's doing, how much he's pitched, how much his yaw is. It, it's going to be there as its reference point, right? But if he chooses not to look at it, if he chooses not to listen to the instrumentation, not to believe what the instrumentation is telling him. You see, the scripture says we have nothing to fear, Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, will I help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God is also our restorer. Proverbs 24 and 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. You see, when we rely on our own vision, we lose sight of God. That's right. That's right. The instrumentation is right there in front of us. Right? And it's interesting how when we, when we think about the cloud... When we're in the cloud, we have no choice. Once that pilot gets that plane inside a cloud, he has no choice but to look at that. Right? He's not. Whew, man. Oh, it's turning just, just a little bit. You see, as long as we stay inside the cloud, encompassed by the faith, Encompassed about by the witnesses round about us. Giving us all the history we need about faith. And we rely on God for our direction. So that's how Paul starts off chapter 12. He says you need to start off first by knowing God is going to direct your path. God is going to direct you where you need to go. Brother George, can you pick it up from there? Wow, what a great lesson, a great foundation. So uh, again, as Brother Piercy mentioned, um, me and Brother Piercy were both a little 
shocked when Pastor asked us to tag team. And Brother Piercy called me and said, or texted me and said, what do you want to teach on? And I gave him a scripture. But I didn't tell him the direction exactly that I was going. And so he did send me some notes this morning. But I don't know if you guys know this. I have a little commute in order to get here. So I didn't have a chance to read over his notes. And so if you were in my shoes right now, you would be thinking to yourself, man, what a great foundation. So I'm going to pick it up again at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. <laughs> I loved how Brother Piercy brought out two different avenues of this scripture because I'm going to bring out two different other avenues. And that is, he's talking about laying aside every weight and sin which so easily beset us. And so, with sin, what is sin? Well, we can go to Galatians 5. 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revealing, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. These, this portion of script, scripture is easily written out for us on what sin is and what the cost is of sin is and that is that we lose out and I'm doing everything I can to anchor myself to this platform if you will if you know anything about me it's very hard for me to stay behind something for very long and so I might need a little weight to hold me here <laughs> and so for the wages of sin we, we lose out on God we lose out on the on the kingdom of God so now what now what do we do We've already identified that, that what sin is, and we've already identified that sin, uh, the cost of sin is the wages, you know, the wages of sin is death. And so what do we do now? Well, we find in Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist first, first starts off with telling everybody, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Later on, we find in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 what's such a familiar uh, scripture uh, to us apostolics and that is when Peter steps out and begins to talk to those who are there as witnesses of what is going on in the upper room and they asked him okay we're sinners what do we got to do and so of course we know repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It's laid out pretty simple. Not saying that getting rid of sin 
is always a simple process. We know that it takes work, it takes faith, it takes dedication, it takes a desire to change. It also takes a witness, a brother or a sister who will fight those battles with you, who will, who will pray with you, who will come to church with you, who will lift you up. It takes a, a pastor to give you the direction that you need and the word of God that you need. And so that is the second part of that. But the other part is weight. Lay aside every weight. Now, weight is not so easily identified in the scripture. It's not something that uh, is so easily pointed out for you. Because to the rich man, we find the weight to him was his money. He uh, was approached and was offered and had a little bit of an attitude of arrogancy, if you will. I've done all those things. And then he tells them, well... Take all that you have and sell it and give it to the poor and follow me when Jesus is speaking to him. But he couldn't do that. We know that money is not sin. We all need money to survive. But money to him was a weight that held him back from achieving what God wanted him to achieve. And for some of us, there are different things in our lives that, that are holding us back from the full potential that God has for each and every one of us. And I want to encourage somebody today to lay aside those things. To you today, it might be fear. It might be shamefulness. Maybe af afraid, maybe I don't know, uh, not sure what's going to happen. Maybe you're just a little bit scared of what might or might not be. It's maybe you're, you're fighting this alone. First off, I want to tell you, you're never alone in the house of God. You have a great church here who will support you, pray with you, love you, and believe in you. But sometimes... From my own experience, sometimes that's just not enough. And I'm just being truthful today. Sometimes you've got to have that special relationship with God. And only God himself can bring you through. Only God himself can help you lay aside those weights. I don't know what your weight is this morning. I don't know what's holding you back from doing what God wants you to do. But you do. You can examine yourself. You can look in the mirror at an, or come to an altar and pray and talk to God. And allow God to help you. To encourage you. To give you direction. What do I got to do? Where am I struggling? All too often, people come up and they want the Holy Ghost today. And they don't get it. And they get discouraged and they leave. And they never want to come back. But I'm here to tell you, sometimes God's just waiting for you to get rid of some things. Sometimes God's just wait, telling you, hold on. 
I asked my wife, she has uh, a heavy blanket at home. It's called a weighted blanket, Brother Piercy. And I said, man, if I had the time and the ability, I would have brought that blanket and put it on pastor and asked him to run around the church because it's heavy. It's really heavy, and it's not easy to do. I don't even know why people buy those things. <laughs> but apparently there's some comfort in that weight that I don't understand. And so I'm a free kind of guy. I like to, I, I like to have nothing holding me back. I mean, nothing holding me back. I want, if I want to move, I want to move. If I want to move in God, I want the direction of God, yes. But I don't want yesterday and the past or the enemy telling me I can't make it. That's a weight that the enemy's putting on your shoulder. That's a weight he's telling you you're not going to be able to move from this spot. Paul and Silas had weights on them. And they learned and understood what they needed to do. And we all know the story. They worshiped and they praised God. And those weights came off. I wonder if in today's service, some of us would be willing to worship, praise God, and lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us. I want to close with this scripture. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, and 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we come into the house of God, we get to lay aside all of that other junk, all of that other stuff that this world has put on us, and we get to take on his, and he tells us that his is light. He can make it. We can make it. We can make it if we choose to come into the house of God and make up our minds, no matter what, Brother Piercy, I'm going to make it. Amen. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish that race. And I pray that my Brother Piercy will come and go with me and make it to heaven. And I pray that each and every one of you, under the sound of my voice, will learn to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you and that holds you back from the potential that God has for you. Amen. We want to make sure that we don't let weight hold us down. And I just have one other thing that I wanted to say. And this is in regards to weight, as Brother George talked about. What weight is, it's hard to identify things of this world that will weigh you down. But as I was thinking about weight and how to how to kind of translate what weight is what heaviness is and if you've ever taken a piece of wood and thrown it into some water what happens it floats 
right? It floats. And so that floating is called buoyancy. And buoyancy is defined as the tendency of a body to float or to rise when submerged in fluid, right? But if I take that piece of wood and I start adding weight to it, once I get to a certain point, that piece of wood begins to sink all the way to the bottom. I started to think about, why is this? Why is it that that piece of wood by itself is buoyant, but as soon as weight is added to it, it starts to sink? And I came across the, def the definition of buoyancy in chemistry, the scientific definition, which completely blew my mind. And when you guys hear this, I, I don't know if you guys are going to get this the way I got it, but just listen to this. Buoyancy is defined as an upward force exerted by a fluid that opposes the weight of a partially or fully immersed object. You see, the, the wood's not floating. The water's pushing it up. You guys get that? A piece of wood is not floating. It is the water that is exerting its force and holding that piece of wood up. God is our body of water. That's right. That's right. And, and so, you see, as weight is added to that wood, what happens? Scientifically, the idea of pressure. You see, as, as the object's sitting on the water, the weight, the mass of the object, the density of the object, it has to displace an equal amount of water. The weight of the water, the pressure of the water. You see, so as long as it doesn't break that threshold, where the, the water can hold it up. <laughs> the water can do its job. Right? right? So when they, when they build boats and design boats, right, I mean, they can make them out of metal, right? It doesn't make sense because if we take any piece of metal object and we throw it in water, what happens? It instantly sinks, right? But if you displace the water properly, right, that boat will will hold, right? And we think it's holding because, you know, it's hollow and, and, but the fact is, is that what's happening is, is the amount of weight and force and density of that object is displaced across the water in a way that it equally creates force to push it up. But as soon as that is broken, that object sinks. You see, the weights of this world are not meant to be held up by God. As, as, as George said, we've got to lay aside every weight. If we are going to be successful 
in this work. We've got to lay aside every weight. We cannot stay buoyant and still have sin in our life. It's that simple, right? As much as we want to trust that that water is holding us up, God is sitting there holding us up. But at at some point in time, sin is going to weigh you down and you will begin to sink. Now, I've got good news for you. God's not going to just let you sink, right? You, you can choose to stay weighted down and sink to the bottom and stay there, right? But if we lay aside that weight, you see, God is an uplifter. God's not a hold you down, God. Right. He doesn't have a foot on you right. saying, You just stay right there. There's only one person in this world that wants to put their foot on you and hold you down. And that's the devil. The devil wants you to believe that nothing can be held up. He wants you to believe that that God is not going to forgive you of your past. God is not going to forgive you of your sin. God is not going to relieve you of the pain that you have and the sorrow that you have. But you see, the scripture says otherwise. Psalms 3 and 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. You see, I am lifted by God. I'm not dragged down by God. I'm not held down by God. This world will hold me down, but God won't. God will lift me up, right? God will lift you up. Psalms 40 and 2 says it this way. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And I love how David ends it. And he says, and established my goings. You see, God not only lifts you up and sets you back on solid ground, but he tells you, hey, the race is this way. This is the direction you want to go. This is the direction. This is the path. This is the path. I'm going to establish the very path for you. Take it all, everything else, out of the equation. And if you don't know, you should know that you are a very testimony of faith and guidance and direction to everybody else around you. Hebrews 11 and 32 says it this way, And what shall I say more? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Japheth, and of David, and of Samuel, and of all the prophets. I don't have time to tell you of all the witnesses that have come before you. And then Revelation says it this way, 12 and 11, and they overcame him, who? The devil. By the blood of the Lamb, 
and by the word of their testimony. We must live by our testimony, saints. We have got to go out into this world with a testimony to the world and say, look, I was just like you. I was living in a world of sin. I was weighted down by the problems of this world, but I am no longer weighted down by that. We have to continue to be a testimony into this world in order to provide light into this world, a world of darkness. You have to spread your word, your testimony. It is a part of us, and they loved not their lives unto the death. We have to put it aside. John is saying that if you want to live for God, you got to put aside everything that is death. Sin is death. You got to put it all aside and walk away from it and live by your testimony because the Lamb of God provided a way for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning, Brother Edge, if you want to close in a, in a prayer for us this morning.